I'm Elena Salinas, and this is the Women in Tech Show, a show where women in tech talk about technology. Preeti Kassiretti is a software engineer with a passion for sharing everything she learns. In this episode, we talked about how she learned to code in her free time and her experience at a boot camp in San Francisco. Preeti explained one of the first projects she built and her initiative to start an email-based course targeted at advanced beginner and intermediate programmers. To support the show, you can rate the show on iTunes or write a review. Thank you. Preeti is joining us today from San Francisco. Preeti, welcome to the Women in Tech show. Thank you. Glad to be on. In 2015, you wrote a post on Medium titled, Why I Left the Best Job in the World. And you talked about this post on Software Engineering Daily. For those that didn't read this post, can you briefly explain what it was about? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I kind of, I guess, just to give context, um, I wrote that post when I was leaving Andreessen Horowitz. I was a partner at Andreessen Horowitz for two years. And I was leaving to go and completely start a whole new career from bottom up to become a software engineer. And um, so I wrote that post because in that process I had so many emotions and uh, feelings and experiences that I built up and grew inside of me that I felt like I just wanted to share it with the community and kind of explain my decision for why I wanted to leave such an amazing job at Andreessen Horowitz to go be an engineer. Because it's not typical for most people to leave venture capital and go to software engineering. Maybe they go from software engineering to venture capital. But the other way around is usually less um, usual. And and it's not like I hated my job and I left, which is like you know what a lot of people do. And it was, so it was like interesting for me that even though I loved the job, I wanted something even better and something that I was more passionate about. Um, and so that's kind of why I wrote it. And... I can give you a quick summary of basically I kind of talked through my thought process of uh, what I was evaluating as I was making this decision because when I looked around at my peers, some of the typical things that they did were like, you know, go to business school or go get a master's or a PhD or go get a computer science degree. And I looked at every single option and I just didn't feel like any of them were right for me, especially because the programming and web development especially, you can kind of just learn it on your own and and the resources out are out there. There's an infinite amount of free and paid resources. And I was like, do I really need to spend that much time in school? And and so I kind of talk about my evaluation process. And then I talk about like how I don't really feel that, you know, that this is a taking a big risk because I'm so passionate about about coding and I felt like This is what I need to be doing every day, and this is what I need to. Uh, I really wanted the skill, and I really wanted to just go be able to be a builder and a creator. And I felt like uh, this is. I needed that kind of skill set to do what I wanted in the future, which is probably to be an entrepreneur. And so, yeah, I talk about kind of the inner struggles as well, because one of the things that often happens when people first learn to code is like it's really hard. And like, there's so many things that you're learning at once and you keep getting frustrated and, and like you try and try and then you just like a lot of times you give up and you're like, oh, I'll do this later or 
oh, maybe I, coding is not meant for me. And, like, I would say that in initial, like, road bump or sort of bumpy road is is what kind of stops a lot of people from pursuing it. And I think if you endure through that, and for me that was, you know, just trying a bunch of things. Like I first tried Python, I tried to do a book, and then I tried to do an online course, and then I tried to do like a mentor platform, and then I tried data science, and then I tried, finally then I tried JavaScript, and JavaScript just like kind of clicked. So I, I kept was I was persistent. I was just trying different things, and I'm like, I feel like I, I feel like I feel like I like this, but I don't know why I don't why something is not clicking. And then I just kept trying and feeling bad about it and feeling guilty. And then eventually something just clicked with JavaScript and the web, and I just like literally immediately fell in love with um, being. And what were you exploring this while you were still on the job, or was there a particular incident that gave you exposure to coding yeah sure i was doing this just on my side honestly because you know as being part of Anderson horowitz we put uh when we're investing in entrepreneurs one of the things we look for is they should be technical because if you're building a tech product you need to be technical and so and Anderson horowitz i was like surrounded by tech and really you know i was basically surrounded by engineers And, and so I naturally got very curious about engineering and coding because I was in that environment every day, every hour of the day. And so then I, at home, when I'd come home from work or something, that's when I started dabbling on my own. Um, so it was definitely not during, it was, yeah, it was definitely like an odd, uh, off hours, but during my day job kind of thing. And I just kept doing it on nights and weekends. And, you know, I would save a couple hours every night to to learn to code and then eventually it came to the point where I was like starting to do it at work too and my boss would like walk by and he's like why do you have a text editor open um, and you know and he saw me that he, he he saw it in my eyes like he's like I can tell you're like really falling in love with JavaScript so when I told him that I'm, a, I'm like leaving he, he was like super like obviously sad but super happy for me because he knew that you know coding is something I've been trying to like learn and teach myself for while but it wasn't sticking and finally something I started to fall in love with something and so yeah that's when I decided to leave. Why do you think JavaScript click was this due to a tutorial or some video that you saw or just the language itself? I think JavaScript I, yeah I, I actually talked about this in one of my talks and I think JavaScript is it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse in that it's so beginner friendly I think compared to other languages like with Python, for me, the reason I couldn't see, like right now I love Python, I can code in it if I want to, but the reason that when I was getting started it was hard for me to get into it was because there's no like immediate feedback loop. Um, and it's like, and so for me, when I was able to just edit the HTML, CSS, you know, and then it's a little bit of JavaScript and I can just refresh the browser and see the effects and like do all these cool colors and changes and transitions and I was like, You know, those little things really, the, that immediate feedback loop really, really caught me. And I remember I went through this, like, tutorial where they built, you can build your first website. And I was just, like, customizing all the colors. And it was just, like, so exciting. And then I would refresh the browser and I'd get this feedback. You know, it just, it, it's definitely that immediate feedback. And, like, also, you can, the other thing is, I think there's no, like, crazy complex developer environments. You don't need like a, you know, you don't, you don't need to compile your code. 
you can just you know use any text editor and and even just like a a Microsoft Word doc if you really wanted to and run your code there. So it's very easy to get up and running, I think, and two, the immediate feedback is what really, really helps. The visual feedback versus uh, text output from yeah, other exactly. languages. Yeah. yeah. So in that interview with Software Engineering Daily where you talk about this blog post, at that time you were in a boot camp called Hack Reactor. In one ways, did this boot camp extend the skills that you had started learning on your own? Yeah, sure. So I went to a boot camp called Hack Reactor, and it's probably one of the um, top boot camps in San Francisco. And so the reason I, I, I talked to a lot of people about whether I should go the boot camp approach or not. And of course, everyone had mixed opinions, and eventually I had to make a decision on my own. On one end, people who told me not to go were like, you know, you're smart. You're, you were in engineering college, you can just buckle up and spend six months locked in your room and just learning the code. Other people were like, oh, like that support system, having people around you, having the curriculum, all that just like helps you in the process and makes it go a lot quicker. Um, and of course, there's a cost with it, which is the cost of the boot camp, which is like thousands of dollars. Uh, and I kept evaluating, I talked to a lot of people, and I decided to go because I was... I'm very impatient, and I wanted the skill. I wanted it now, and I'm like, I don't want to wait. Like, I don't want it to take any longer than it can. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to go to this boot camp, and I think it'll accelerate the process and help me learn a lot faster. And so that's why I went, and I think it definitely did help in that sense because you're con you're 24/7 or at least 12 hours a day surrounded by people who are also learning the code. And you know, up until the boot camp, I practiced all the fundamentals. So I didn't. I only did JavaScript, HTML, CSS until then. And that's what Hack Reactor expects. And then once you get to Hack Reactor, they'll continue the fundamentals. Like They'll teach you some of the CS stuff as well. Uh, and they'll continue the fundamentals. But after the first couple of weeks, then you start going into actually doing more practical stuff. Like, you know, you start with jQuery, and then you go to Angular, and then you go to Backbone, and, and so forth. And you start to learn databases, like backend stuff, like how to build APIs using Node. And so they slowly fill up your knowledge over time, over the course of like, you know, the first six weeks. And then finally, the last six weeks, you get to work in a team project or a couple team projects. And those are like incredibly helpful because you're actually building stuff. You're using all the theoretical stuff that you learn in the first six weeks to actually build. And I would say it was it was an it was an amazing program. Um, if you can afford it, I don't see why you wouldn't go to such a program. I mean, all all of them are not created equal, but for me, it was it was it was just a way of accelerating the process. Of course, I I think I could have done it on my own if I wanted to, but it would have probably taken you know twice as long, like at least six months instead of three, to get the same amount of knowledge. Because if you're doing it on your own, you don't know where to look. Sometimes you don't even know what to learn. Sometimes. Yeah, and it also helps to talk to others, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're always collaborating. And when other people are struggling, it it just it's just like emotionally a lot less burdensome than when you're struggling and spinning your wheels in your own bedroom. And you're like, I don't like you know that's that's a lot more frustrating than being um, stuck on something when you have your peers right there to kind of help you. So yeah. And when you finished the boot camp, what was the transition like to a software engineering job? 
Yeah, so I'm a little bit different. Because I have like a more of an entrepreneurial product background, I, I didn't feel like I wanted to jump into an engineering role right away. Meaning like I felt like I just started making this transition. It's only been three, four months since I joined, since I like, like you know, did this like full time. And I was like, I want to spend a few more months just kind of learning on my own and continuing to sink this information in and getting, getting better before I go out and look for a full-time job because I knew that once I had a full-time job, I'd just be busy with that and not have time to really explore and learn and, and be a student, which I re was really enjoying. I was just so obsessed with learning everything and devouring this stuff and writing about it. Reinforcing everything. Also. Yeah, exactly. And so I, unlike, so everyone in my cohort <laughs> decided to go get jobs. And I was like the only one. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to get jobs. I'm not going to go get, get a job. And like Hack Reactor hated me for it. But like I kind of did my own thing for three months. Like the first month I was building my own application. And through that, I learned so much because I learned everything I didn't know, everything I still needed to learn. The app is like, I look back at it a while, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is like a piece of crap now that I compare it to my code. Uh, but, you know, it was such a great experience because I was doing it on my own. I was forced to just learn on my own and interact with the community to figure out what tools to use. And it was just like my first real big application that I actually deployed. And then uh, after that, I worked for a month with an open source maintainer. Uh, and I built like a really, really complicated open source project or like uh, a project for him. And... We, it was it was probably the best thing that's happened to me after Hack Reactor because it made me like go from knowing web to just becoming a good engineer because I had to deal with systems level stuff. I had to learn Docker inside and out, and then I ended up writing a post on Docker. I learned um, how to how to how to do use WebRTC. I used I learned how to do use WebSockets. Like it was like you know I had to learn. Uh, how to SSH into remote servers and debug remote servers, uh, things like that, that you just don't learn in a boot camp. You know, you're kind of learning more of the practical stuff. But this was like, literally, I was just, I was not doing any web development. I was doing systems level stuff, mostly back end. And so that was really good. And, and I was able to talk about that project and all, and then I decided to interview because by then I was like running out of money. And so then... I think the project really helped me. Just it gave me a solid project to talk about that was outside of the boot camp, and it was like in the real world. And I and everyone was like super impressed by by the fact that you know six months into coding, I can work on something like that. And so it was, it was a really overall. It turned out to be it turned out well for me. So um, my interview, my recruiting process probably lasted like um, close to two months altogether. And that first application that you created, what, what did it do? The first application? So it was like, the best way to put it is like a glorified flashcard app. Mm -hmm. um, okay. it, had, it had different functionality where like, you know, you can turn your flashcards into different quizzes and you can categorize them. And the idea was to turn that into like basically a notebook that automatically turns things into flashcards for you without you, like it's a contextual note-taking kind of app. Yeah, and that's good because earlier you said you enjoyed the part of being a student and this is a project that relates to that process of learning. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that's one thing I'm very passionate about, which is why I write and teach a bunch. Like learning and how we can optimize learning and how, because I think that's something that's missing in coding. Like people don't talk about how to learn when it comes to code because it's so abstract, you know, like there's no, it's not like bio where you can sit there and memorize a bunch of names and images and, and all that where it's like coding is so abstract. And so I think that's something I'm super passionate about. Or it might not be as personal, whatever is written might be more general as in, oh, you can do these things versus what you just brought up. You like studying and hence you build this flashcard app, which is part of your personality and your passions, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were doing that app, were you sharing that project with your friends to get advice or was it just on your own completely? Uh, I shared it with my boyfriend because he's he's a, he's been programming since he was like 10 years old um, and so he knows like web development and everything and so I was just getting feedback from him which is really helpful because he's been programming for way longer than I have so it's it's kind of interesting to see an experienced person's perspective but besides that I didn't really get feedback from other friends. And it's been almost two years since you wrote that post about why you left the best job in the world. Yeah, it's been and a year and a half. A year and a half, yeah. okay. And you wrote this on Medium, where you have over 22,000 followers. And recently I saw you decided to focus most of your writing to intermediate developers. Why target your writing to intermediate developers? I think, I would say it's like advanced beginner and intermediate. So not, um, no, I, 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 yeah, advanced beginner and intermediate. And that's kind of how my posts have been for most of the time. Uh, and the reason is because I think one thing I noticed is in the coding community, there's a lot of beginner content out there. Like, there's a lot of content out there to get you started. Like you can go to Code Academy, you can go to Treehouse, and it gets you that first few wins. And then everyone seems to fall off a cliff at like as soon as they need to do something slightly more advanced. And I would say the people who get past that beginner phase but start to get into the beginner advanced phase, that's one of the hardest phases like to endure and to actually break through and get to and keep going. That, that part, at least for me, felt like the hardest. And I felt like that there's just more content that needs to be out there for the advanced beginner and then the intermediate people. I continue to see like all the content out there that are very basic tutorials or I see some of the more advanced stuff that you know that people that are been programming for years kind of talk about and write about but some of the intermediate stuff is just missing like that bridge between being a beginner and an intermediary is is that content there is missing quite a lot and I kind of want to fill that gap. Mm -hmm. So beginner tutorials, I've seen them and they're usually very friendly and they have a, a story associated with them where at least a, a tutorial on Ruby on Rail had. What about advanced um, programmer resources? How, what do, do those look like? Is it um, Stack Overflow discussions or... The advanced ones? 
Yes, for advanced programmers. Yes, the advanced ones, I think what they often do is they assume some, some knowledge that you know. Like, you know, if you're talking about um, performance and scaling on the web, they'll assume you know all, like, all the very, like, a lot of the posts will assume you know some of the, uh, some of the basic measurement techniques, and they'll kind of start in the middle and be like, okay, I'm going to look at this one kitty-bitty detail, but I won't explain the whole thing. And for someone who's an intermediate developer or a beginner developer to jump into that and, like, expect to not get lost is, is like, hard, right? And so I think that's why, for me, when I write, I typically try to explain... I try to not assume too much about the reader. In some cases, I do have to make assumptions. I can't explain every single detail because then my post would be ginormous. But I try to at least... You know, even if I'm not explaining it in the post, I'll try to link it or be like, hey, you should know this first before going on. Um, but I try to give a thorough explanation of everything so that I'm not leaving the person wondering, like, oh, how did they come to this conclusion again? Because I feel like that happens to me a lot. Like, I'm reading a post and I'm like, okay, for me to understand this, I have to go understand this, 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 and this first. And and then and at that point, by the time by that time, I already lost, and I don't come back to the original post. And so I kind of want to keep the reader um, engaged throughout the whole topic. Do Do you think there's a difference between an intermediate developer that's studying computer science or is a child learning to program versus intermediate developers that come from having been working in a different industry? That's an interesting question. I, I, I can't make a blanket statement, obviously. It's different by person. But at least one thing that I noticed with some of the, at least my peers at Hack Reactor and some of the peers who kind of took like a non-traditional path, I noticed that they typically, they, they have a, a different type of drive and motivation and they're so eager to do this and they really want to do it. And so they learn so much quicker and they seem to just moving so fast and doing all these things so fast. And um, and maybe sometimes if you get a degree, you kind of take it for granted. Or maybe you're you did you did a degree just because not not because you're passionate about it, because you, but you thought it was good or something. Whereas some of the career changer people are like the only way you can do that and make that big of a change um, is if you're passionate about it. And so. Sometimes I see that difference, but of course, you know, it's not always the case. There's obviously a lot of CS majors who are really good engineers who absolutely love engineering, have been coding since God knows when. And so it's, it's yeah, so that's the, only, that's the only minor difference I've noticed here and there. In expanding more about this new initiative that you are taking about focusing your writing for advanced beginners and intermediate programmers, the first blog post that you wrote is about the fundamentals of functional programming. How do you describe functional programming? <laughs> functional programming is programming with functions. Um, and so I think the basic way to describe it is, or the, the best way to describe it is compared to something like object-oriented programming where you're programming with objects, whereas in functional programming, you're programming with functions as your primary unit of abstraction. And so everything you do is... And so functions in functional programming are kind of 
the bread and butter, and you treat functions and data very similarly. Like you can pass around functions to other functions, you can return functions from functions, um, you can uh, set them as names of different variables and constants. And so this, this, there's a very interesting, and then the, the whole goal with functional programming is because you want to use functions as your primary unit of abstraction, you're constantly thinking about how to make functions reusable and composable and being able to mix and match different uh, functions together and just make it super small and easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to make your first blog post about functional programming? It's the first email course, just to clarify. Oh, okay, it's an email course, because yeah. I saw a post on Medium about it. Yeah, so it's a blog post, and then it lets you sign up for an email course. So I have a pretty popular email course now. I have over 6,000 people subscribed to it, and it's a 10-lesson course. And the reason I did it is because I started falling in love with functional programming last year, and I just devoured it, and I... Um, you know, started learning things like Elm and Haskell, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like, you know, I, as much as I, I love JavaScript, so I'm going to stick with, like, in the, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave the JavaScript community because I just love JavaScript, but, like, I felt like we can use some of the principles in functional programming to build better web apps, and you're already seeing that in the front end with things like React and Redux and kind of Elm and all these things coming to the front end that are bringing functional principles front end and like declarative code back to the front end and I wanted to kind of hop on that trend like and, and, and hop on that trend and, and because I agree with it and I want to kind of democratize and give access to people um, uh, what, what it means to do functional programming and why it matters and so I created this email course as like an introductory thing uh, where I introduce people to all the fundamental core concepts in functional programming over 10 lessons. And then later this year, I'm planning to do a full-length video series. It'll be, it won't be free, but it'll be probably be slight amount of paid because that'll probably take me a long time to make. But yeah, it, it, that will be more practical and real-world. So I'll still go through the fundamentals of functional programming, but it'll also you know, start from things like building you know, apps using React, Redux, or, or Elm, like using functional principles and like showing you why, why and where you can practically use these principles in your code. And why is the reason why it's an, an email course? Or, or is this a common thing? Because I hadn't seen it before, an, an email-based lessons. Uh, I don't know. I wanted to try it because I was like, it was, it was the content... I felt like I, I've seen a few, like, there was a Flexbox email course. Um, there was uh, some CSS email course. And I was like, I kind of like this. Like, I just get, like, a tidbit of information every day, and I get to move on with my day. I don't have to remember to, you know, keep checking back on my Medium post or something. And honestly, I also wanted to kind of get to know my readers and having their emails and being able to talk to them and send them broadcasts and say, hey, like, I'm, um, thanks for following this. And, like, if you have clarifications, here's, here's a clarification for you. Because some of them, like, some people respond to my emails and they're like, oh, like, I don't really get this. And so I try my best to respond whenever I have time. And so it's just, like, it gives me an opportunity to engage more with my readers um, and also gives me an opportunity to maybe 
um, tell them about whatever else I'm, I'm putting out because Medium's a little bit hard and it's hard to keep in touch with the, I don't even have contact with my users, whereas like email gives me direct access to them. Or if you create a website for this course, it's also like yet another URL that you have to check and things like that, I think. Yeah, exactly. So what are other ideas that you will be writing about for intermediate programmers? Honestly, right now, I'm going through a lot in terms of like I'm making a pretty big transition in work and I'm busier than ever. So I think for this year, I'm going to focus on functional programming. Uh, as I said, so like polish, uh, continue to try to get people to take the email course and then, and then start on the video series. I think they'll take a bulk of my time just, you know, doing a bunch of research, preparation and actually making it. So if I can... If I can work on that later, later half of this year, then I'll be more than happy. And then next year, I can focus on more topics. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll of course continue to still write one-off posts here and there because I do have a lot of ideas. I just haven't had time to put them into paper yet. But I'll, once things like cool down in the next couple months, I'll probably start writing more one-off posts as well. But Yeah, in terms of what, what topics I'll go deep into, I don't know yet. Um, I, so this year is going to be focused on functional programming. Have you looked at videos from Udacity? I have. Oh, cause, because I, I love those videos. They're really well made and how they transition from speaking to walking through code. I think, I think it's a great format. So it's one of my favorite, actually, the Udacity courses. Interesting. I'll definitely look into it. I'm actually having a call with one of the guys there, so. Oh, okay. That's great. Well, Preeti, thank you for coming on the show. It was great talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks.